Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. That time jersey. We're going to have a grand many things to discuss on this episode of Times Ours as the Kansas City Chiefs went on the road to defeat the New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees, by the way. We got that one wrong. Also, no Michael Thomas. Didn't think that was going to be an issue. And both of those things happened. We all make mistakes. But I want to highlight something before we get into the nitty gritty. I want to zoom out for just a second. The Chiefs went on the road and beat the Saints, who, like, definitely could end up in the Super Bowl. Before that, they went on the road and beat the Miami Dolphins, Mm -hmm. who are still fighting for a playoff Mm -hmm. spot. And their their road game before that, they went on the road and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have a very good chance to be one of the teams in the NFC Championship game, perhaps playing against the New Orleans Saints. Seems pretty plausible that that path could end up happening. Maybe they face off in the playoffs. Could also be a Super Bowl team. Before that, they went on the road and beat the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, who uh, had given them the only loss of the season at home before that. And before that, they went on the road and blew up the Broncos. And before that, they went on the road and blew and, uh, and, and really pretty handily handled the Buffalo Bills, who have since sort of taken claim to the, the throne of maybe we could be the Chiefs <laughs> if we gave them another shot. And before that, they went and they beat the Baltimore Ravens, who were that team and then weren't that team and then might be that team again. And then before that... They went on the road and beat the Chargers, who have like probably the offensive rookie of the year and really a lot of good sort of fun, uh, perhaps poisoned magic working in their favor. Uh, the Chiefs are 8-0 on the road in 2020. That has been accomplished. The next two games are at home. They went on the road and beat legitimate contenders from both conferences. Yes. Like, the best of the best. They just didn't have the Packers on the schedule, and that's really unfortunate. They didn't have to go to Pittsburgh, and at this point, it feels like maybe they should have tried to petition the league to get that game. Because for all the times we talk about Tuscaloosa Chiefs fans, Nate, (laughs) the Chiefs have basically played Bama's schedule, but they never got the home-and-home. They were on the road for all of those teams, and they just came out of it undefeated. I mean, overtime, right? W. Like... Hey, prime time in the most, you know, anticipated game of the year, W. Can we play you guys on a Monday afternoon? Will you will you sleepwalk? No? You won't sleepwalk? Okay. Like, hey, our entire season's tonight. <laughs> We're going to beat you. <laughs> I, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Like, our entire season is tonight. In, like, early November. Oh, <laughs> look, Tampa Tom, he kind of woke up, but it was too late. Um... Two and the Dolphins, like, hey, welcome, welcome to like championship football. And yes, the Saints, even with the triumphant return of Drew Brees, was it really triumphant for a half? Um, they they went out there and they got a win. It's the first time in the Super Bowl era that the Chiefs have gone undefeated on the road in the regular season. And as I wrote for the Athletic, um, perhaps, fellas, the next road game for the Kansas City Chiefs will be February seventh in Tampa Bay for Super Bowl Fifty Five. I'm just saying that that's where they want their next road game because obviously if they went out, they'll have the bye. 
Um, they'll have home field advantage through the playoffs. But, um, man, just just wildly impressive. And another example of they're, they're the best team. Like, we, like it's, it's hard to say in the NFL that is built on parity and on, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't get that pass deflection because you need Trevor Lawrence because they balance this out. <laughs> they balance it out for you. What you doing over there in L.A.? In a league that is designed to not have, you know, true dominant teams, um, the Chiefs are just way above everybody. And um, even without their best linemen, y'all, they, they still put up 30, which, again, I shouldn't be surprised, but I kind of am. <laughs> it's... I'm glad you started off with like the whole idea of like Bama schedule because early on in the year, you know, so that, you know, the Chiefs beat Houston. Well, then they barely beat the Chargers. Well, then they beat the Ravens, but then they barely beat the Patriots and they lost the Raiders, you know, and, you know, then they had three pretty blowout wins in a row, but now they're barely beating teams. But the thing is, they played a tough schedule this year. This has not been easy for them. Miami's been way better than anyone expected. Right, especially once Tua took over. Tampa Bay has been really good. Oh, also, the, in the last four games, they played three of the best five defenses in the NFL: Tampa Bay, Miami, New Orleans. Yep. And these are teams that are supposed to be built to beat the Chiefs. By the way, especially New Orleans. Who, man, I have not seen, including in the Super Bowl, Mahomes take a beating like he took against New Orleans. They hit him a couple yep. times. Where I was like, ooh. Dang, like, I mean, it was bad. Um, He just doesn't stop. And the defense does make plays. Like, I understand people are a little irritated. Something to note, consider the timing of things. Don't just think about how the final score, how the game completely ended. Remember, the defense gave the Chiefs the ball back up two touchdowns in the fourth with an opportunity to to Mm -hmm. stomp out the game, and the pass protection just couldn't quite hold up. The defense got it stops. Look what happened in the first half there. I mean, they, they I think there were seven possessions the Saints had, and the Chiefs' defense really didn't. They gave up one big play where Tyron Matthew just couldn't help right. himself. He's like, Drew Brees ain't going to throw at that. F- he can't, he can't throw. throw. Oh, come on. Deep? <laughs> and so, and, I thought y'all said he had broken Right, ribs. and it still would have only been seven <laughs> points at the half had Demarcus Robinson's brain not oh, temporarily left. Demarcus, his... I, look, I like to listen. Oof. It could have, it could have been five oh more points. God. I'm gonna count that, that one as a win so... in some form. You know it's, you know it's a bad play when you're like, oh, thank God, that was only two points the other team got. But they played a tough schedule. They and they, I mean, people don't understand how tough it is to go 13 and one. Like, yeah. like. And, right. and, you know, really hard. It's really. Hey, in the SEC, we expect that every year, <laughs> damn it. It's like, all right, yeah, we get it. You lost to Mizzou for some reason, but it's fine. <laughs> you went 13 and 1. And that's and that's where, you, as you start getting later in the season, you start seeing these things. And that's where people are like, well, you know, they weren't as impressed with the Steelers. That's because 13 and 1 is different from 11 and 0. You know why? Because there's three more games. <laughs> like, it just is yeah. hard to consider consistently win in the NFL and they're doing it. And just, I, I know we got a zillion things to cover, but these last few games, like these last four, I would say in particular, there's been mm-hmm. a big deal made about the final score of these games and how quote unquote close these games are. Do yourself a favor. Uh, Lee sharp, uh, sharp with an E at the end, a uh, good analytics, dude, nice overall guy does great work. 
he generally tweets out like win probability stuff. And we talked mm-hmm. about this, I think, after the Tampa Bay game. If you look at the win probability in these last four games, even though the other team ended up with the ball back and maybe in a situation where they could maybe maybe get within one score, or they did get within one score and then the Chiefs had the ball back, and if they were able to stop the Chiefs, then they would maybe have an opportunity to tie the game or win. You know what I mean? Like they needed mm-hmm. uh, Josh. You said it way better than I did. I think last week with Miami, where they still needed like another five things in a row to go their way. Right. When we're watching right. that game, we feel, because we have feelings, we feel like all those bad things are going to happen. <laughs> In reality, they're probably not going to. In every one of those games, you're still talking like the win, the win probability never dropped below like 75% for the Chiefs. And it was the same with New Orleans. In fact, if you look at that one, they never really had much of a shot once you got past the like halftime. It just felt that way. Because you keep assuming those bad things are going to keep happening. So while the games have been close on the final scoreboard, I, they, 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 they've mostly done pretty well. And I just, it's just been fun to watch. Um, not as fun to be on Twitter. Guys, I'm telling you, like, I am like, I, I've said this like three weeks in a row. I might become a no game day Twitter guy. I think that might make my life happier. I mean, prob- or, it probably just be, would. Just I, be a post. Just be a post game Twitter guy, because then you have all the information. Yeah, you can provide smart analysis. You don't have to deal with the. You know, well, you you would probably still deal with you know, <laughs> a certain fan, but I mean, <laughs> hey, you know, at least then you'd have the final score. You'd be like, but but look at the look at the outcome. I mean, Andrew Wiley played right tackle today, <laughs> yeah. and they scored thirty two points. <laughs> What? It, one thing that it to add, and this is no this is no offense to Andrew Wiley, professional football player, gonna be in the league for a while. We have confirmed today, definitely should play guard more than tackle. Yeah, and he's a but guard. A, he knows he's a guard. It's okay. He's a, yeah, he knows he's a guard. He was like, "Yo, man, it's hard out here." <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part of the zoos today. We were like, "Hey, Andrew, what's it like going from uh from guard to tackle?" Dog, there's so much space. The dudes run at me really hard. <laughs> Holy smokes, they got all these moves. Well, it's like, hey, we're going to ask you to play tackle for a game. Oh, oh that's cool. Who's the guy? Uh, Cam Jordan. Have you heard of him? He, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it just, it's unbelievable. The, this whole, this run they're going on. We'll see how it goes. we got a couple weeks left. Like you said, maybe this is the last time they play on the road. They're so close to having that, that, that bye week. They're so close to – they need that bye week, guys. Like, they need it. It would be really nice, I think. I, I mean, feel like that would be very very helpful. I bet that would be good. And all, also, <laughs> on a side note, we got to experience firsthand, finally, um, the absolute gaping chasm between Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes. Mm. It is a chasm. Now, and that's not mm-hmm. really fair. Maybe like three or four years ago it would have been a different story. But it, but it yeah. is a chasm at this point. Like, it's not even yeah. close. And I, I just, it was such an impressive game for Mahomes. That second touchdown drive is one of the most impressive drives I've ever seen from a quarterback. Where they were doing everything right. It just didn't matter. And it was hilarious. Matters, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, and, and, and the thing that surprised me, and I'm, I'm sure it did to maybe even for you, Josh, for a little bit, even though I know you, you sort of believe in this sort of philosophy, regardless of who's on your offensive line. <laughs> I tweeted out a stat where it was like, yo, Patrick Mahomes is like a million pass attempts and they've only ran the ball with Clyde Edwards Alaire and Le'Veon Bell three times. <laughs> yeah. So like, even the Saints are like, well, look, all we got to do is play deep 
Our four gonna get there. Look who's at that. Look who's on that offensive yeah. line. Hell, Eric Fisher can't even walk when yeah. the game's not yeah. playing. Like we should be, we should be fine. And then they look up and it's like fourteen nothing. And you're like, but but how? <laughs> but how? Right. I, so that's so. This is something that Seth wrote in his esteemed Chief of the North newsletter uh, that he wrote about before the game. I, don't, I think he came out after the last podcast, but just certainly mm-hmm. before the game. When you're looking at the Chiefs' tackles, like what do you do to kind of give Patrick Mahomes something to work with yep. in the in the event that perhaps he's behind Yasir Durant and Martinez Rankin or whatever, and it ended up being Fisher and, and Wiley, obviously. And just so everyone knows, uh, Stefan Wisniewski steps in at right guard. I'm not sure he's going to give that job back. I'm not sure he should give that job back. Mm-hmm. But regardless, you, you wrote like Seth. You, you wrote about the just sort of the moving pockets and 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 the rollouts and everything. Saw a bunch of those. I I don't want mm-hmm. I don't want to say that we underestimated anything that Patrick Mahomes could do because I think the three of us know too well at this point. But the fact that he he is a I would say pretty darn rare class of quarterback mm-hmm. that 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 makes his offensive line better, not just from like okay to good or from good to looking great, but from oh god, are we sure to like oh yeah, this is fine. And, and, you know, there were the times where he was back there and Fisher got absolutely just blocking sledded back into him. And and then there was the the strip fumble that was a strip sack fumble that was obviously uh, terrifying to watch because I was thinking about <laughs> quarterback ribs all day anyway. Um, but but those were the exceptions. And for the most part, it it felt like, you know, he was running around a little more than he needed to. And he took some hits that you don't want to see. But it never felt like the offense was just off. Mm-hmm. And that's what always scares me or or is enticing if it's a good thing, I guess, about a pass rush. Is if you can just throw an offense off with your pass rush, that game is gonna go very different. They just it was just something they had to work around. And it didn't it didn't seem like it was threatening the entire game, which I would have taken ahead of the game to just sort of lock in that outcome because I was a little afraid that might ultimately happen. Yeah. I, I, I respect Sean Payton because it wasn't like this was the games where I have to look at the uh, opposing coach and be like, but but what you doing? Like, <laughs> it's just clear that Drew Brees isn't 100%. He even acknowledged that after the game. Like, hey, guys, I'm I'm going to get there. It's just this is the first game. It's unfortunate. Like, I'm not I'm not 100%. Did you see I had to throw my entire body into that throw yeah. to uh, to get past Tyron Matthews? So I respect that. They didn't try them being the Saints. They didn't try to like not be themselves. They're like, well, we're we're a pretty good offense when our quarterback's right. Like, we can sling it too. It might look different. And so CBS read a statistic during the game that I was like, I need to like make sure this is true. Cause I, I couldn't believe it. This was in like the third quarter, but like, guys, Tommy Townsend punted the ball six times today. Yeah. That's a season high. So again. The Saints defense did a pretty good yeah. job, yep. and they still gave up 32 points. They played the Chiefs. I mean, I really think they played the Chiefs about as well as you can play them. They've got, like, you, yep. you compare it to, like, say, the, the 49ers in the Super Bowl or the Chargers almost every time, right? Tons mm-hmm. of pressure from the edge. Some pressure from the interior, not as much. Um, Shout out to... Wisniewski, who is going to set some kind of record for number of times a team should have started him sooner and didn't, <laughs> and then he got on the field because of injury, and the coach is like, um, you know, in this case, you know, last year. Was it Wiley last year, too? Oh, poor Yeah, yeah it was Wiley. Look, so, so I mean, start start the bidding now, I guess, if we're, if we're all in agreement. Yeah. Would you keep Andrew Wiley, or would you keep Nick Allegretti? Um 
Yeah, just it, just just think about that for a week before we, you know, they play the Falcons. Right, and they need to think about that. I mean, because Wisniewski looked fine out there, and they ran the ball a little bit better. Now there there's a mm-hmm. lot of other things going on with that. Um, I just speaking of running the ball, I know we'll probably talk about it eventually. Hopefully, Clyde Edwards Alaire is okay. Um, doesn't seem like he would be because ow, but yeah. yeah, but I mean, he was running hard. Like every time he was getting hit, he was picking up like an extra three or four yards and he was, he was juking guys out of their jock. It was great. And and so hopefully he, he's okay. At least as okay as you could be with something like that. Um, but anyway, I mean, they, they were running the ball pretty well. This was actually the first game just with how Mahomes was getting smacked and how successful Edwards Alaire and Bell were running the ball most of the time. Mm-hmm. This is the first game I was like, you know, Andy, you could you could call a couple more runs, dude. Like, you know, just a few more. Mm-hmm. Maybe not these Daryl Williams right up the gut runs. Like those, those, <laughs> those I'm not a fan of. But like, you know, when you Clyde and Clyde was gaining seven, eight yards a pop. And even Bell, who we can all acknowledge at this point, Bell's lost a step. Like, still super patient, but the burst isn't quite what it was. Um he was gaining good yardage, too. This is the first game. That's how well they played the Chiefs that I was actually thinking, man, maybe they ought to be running the ball a little bit more because Patrick's going to die. Like, mm-hmm. like right there on the field. They, they played him as well as you can. I don't know how you play it better. Like, they forced Mahomes to make about a dozen miracle plays. Ranging from this is a this is a pretty good miracle, you know. This is like the water into wine miracle, where it's like that's mm, that, I tell you what, that, wine's expensive. That's pretty. Water comes out of the well, yeah, but, but remember the scale that we're dealing with here, because I'm about to, you know, from. I mean, we, yeah, I, I know where going, you're going. Yeah, go, where, go where, ahead, where the leech is at. Going, go ahead, Seth. I'll tell you which one I'd rather be able to do. <laughs> we're going, you know, from water to wine to you know, raised a man from the dead that had been dead for three days, yep. for example, or four days, excuse me. Oh, got to open that book every now and then. I mean, th- that's I've raging for But he had like four or five of those raise a dude from the dead plays. Like, where it's just like, instead of Lazarus come forth, what was it? I don't know. Sammy come forth. I don't know how how much I want to tell this it line. Was, uh, it was McCall over there. Yeah, and it yeah, was the, McCall no. over there. And he, hey, Ma- hey, McCall, come on this water, dog. You fine. <laughs> walk out. You with can me. walk. Walk out with me. Walk out here and get this toe tap touchdown. Explain the time he dropped so, it too, because that's when he looked around and saw the waves and was afraid. You gotta stop looking around, McCall. <laughs> You gotta stop looking around. Keep McCall, your eyes on Patrick. Keep your eyes on Patrick. Oh man, this is getting a little blasphemous for me. It's in very and so very involved. <laughs> anyway, look, look. It, it immediately came to my mind when you said it because look, um, he he was running a route. <laughs> he was running a secondary route that was like, well, this is what we are supposed to do with Patrick's out of the pocket. Wow, he threw that. Wow. <laughs> This is like right in my hands. Like what a uh, what a toe tap though. This is like manna (laughs) from heaven. That play was so good. It was, and and McColl was just about to you know he'd had a couple tough plays there, but the talent is there, 
and you just see it. You want it to be unleashed. But anyway, I mean, the Saints, they really did everything they could. Like, that plays a good example, right? They had good initial coverage. They got some pressure despite the Chiefs cutting the field in half in order to avoid the pressure. And that's why Mahomes held the ball for so long. But he just sits there and holds the ball, holds the ball, holds the ball. And I can't believe that throw. I thought he was throwing it away. Yeah. Yes. And so mm-hmm. I, I it was I mean it's just that that I think that play is going to this is a stupid list to try to put together but that's going to be one of the ones that I feel like we should talk about more that we don't like your mind the one that always sticks out is from the Niners game back in like his I think it was Mahomes' third or fourth game whenever Garoppolo tore his knee. It was it was a uh, he, he, was this his first game in Arrowhead? Yep. First home game. That's yeah. In Arrowhead. Yep. Um, because I was there for that one in the in the press box. Lots of people were making uh, very unprofessional noises after that play happened, <laughs> and not to you know point any fingers, but it was happening. Yeah, that Therese, that, yes. that that yes. that touchdown to to Demarcus Robinson, like it, it felt sort of like one of those where he's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But this one, like he was going, he was going to his left, and it was out of the left side of the end zone, right? Like. <laughs> yeah. Like we just we're I mean, like we really I mean, are numb to some to of this. It's just like what what, what are you supposed to do? I don't know. <laughs> that, I don't like I just don't know. It's one of those plays that would make me quit if I was playing defense. It's like, well, I'm gonna go play a different I'm gonna go try soccer because it can't be harder than this. Yeah, this is it, 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 the most interesting thing is that is not the throw that made Tony Romo, who provides great analysis, and as a former quarterback, you see some things yeah. leak through. The throw that made Romo freak out was incomplete. The the deep shot to Watkins. Yeah, that oh. went through his hands. Oh. Oh. Yeah, Tony oh. was like, Tony was freaking. He was geeking out over that throw. He was yeah. just like, "What are you gonna do? You go tell the coach." Well, coach, what are you supposed to do? He hit a six-inch window. And he did. <laughs> he did because that coverage right. was literally perfect. Like he could not have been in better. Because I was like, "Ah, oh, Mahomes overshot him a little bit." It's like, nah. Had he put that six inches further shallow, that's maybe a pick. He put that in literally the only place it was even a shot at catching it. And 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 again, like you said, Josh, they get overlooked. These plays get overlooked every week. And I'm doing this right now. I guarantee it'll happen again every week when I review Mahomes or I write about him. I put, you know, seven or eight video clips in there. And every week someone's like, oh, my gosh, I forgot about that throw. And every one of yeah. them would be one of the best plays of the year for anyone else. Can we can we talk about something that you actually can could never do on Madden, right? <laughs> Where he's rolling to his right. And he even said this on the postgame Zoom. Oh, I realize I ain't gonna get the I ain't gonna get the corner. Okay, I can't get the perimeter, can't get the edge. Stop where I'm going. The oh. defensive end is like, but but where are you going? He steps up, creates his own virtual pocket with no offensive lineman, and just rifles a ball yeah. for like a first down. And you're just like, but as a defensive end, there's no drill for that. There's literally no pass rushing drill. And you can't do that on Madden. You can't just stop <laughs> and be like, all right, one, two in the pocket, throw it. And you're like, but, but like, well, again, what are the Saints supposed to do? Look, even if the Saints are fully healthy in a month and a half's time, right? Let's say we get the, the, the rematch in the Super Bowl. Say this would have been even cooler despite everything that happened chaotically on championship mm-hmm. game day in 2018 right when when both teams have an argument that they probably should have been in the mm. Super Bowl mm. as a coaching staff what can you put on tape that's anything different than you've already seen today and again <laughs> Mitchell Schwartz might be back Mike Rimmers might be back Eric Fisher may be more healthy hell Clyde may be back from that time because I will say this 
Um, being as young as Clyde Edwards hilarious. Who is it, it? It pays to be young because if that was any of us, oh my at our ages, season, career. Older. He was. <laughs> I got to. I got to find out how much older I am than Clyde. It's not going to be by a lot. I'm going to tell you that the, the day, the, to the day that I was his age, I would have also died in that moment. <laughs> just for the record. No, we're so, not meant to bend I, like that. No, you're not. And do the splits at oh the same gosh. time, which is. You know, just uh, again, it's a great thing that his X-rays were negative. So he, he, as of now, he has no broken bones. It may be, it could be a number of things. It could obviously be hip pointer. It could be groin. It could be leg related. Whether it's hamstring, ankle. Uh, although Le'Veon Bell uh, got his Rick Burkholder arm, it was like, no, he told me his ankle's fine. <laughs> yeah, <that was> very <laughs> it's weird. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess we can eliminate Le- that. Le'Veon's from the, from getting used. Le'Veon's getting used to being a chief still. Because <laughs> you, you know, Andy was like, Le'Veon, can you? Uh, can I see you in my office? We don't do that here. <laughs> I know Big Ben went on the radio every week and talked about everything. We don't do that here. Here we say things like, "Yeah, Willie Gay's really coming along nicely. We'll we'll see what happens. It's one week at a time process." Right. <laughs> so I mean, City. again, I appreciate Le'Veon's, uh, uh, you know, Candor. honesty and his and his thoroughness <laughs> in terms of his medical field. But look, he said Clyde's in good spirits, so it, it's it, it might not be a season-ending injury. Uh, I guess that's the biggest headline from this because uh, it looked bad, and guys are immediately you know waving for the trainer to come on the field, which is always like the worst case scenario. Um, but look, look, he 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 may even be back. To some capacity, if these two teams meet in the Super Bowl, and again, I just don't know what the Saints could do other than tell Drew Brees, "Hey, you 100 percent now, cool, because we need 40. Yeah. Like we <laughs> might need 40, um, and we may make Mahomes really uncomfortable, but he always he always kind of has an answer. And I know we'll get to it much later, but there's one part of the game from a Mahomes, you know, standpoint that I sort of wrote about. Um, and even when I think about that, and as I was typing the words on my keyboard, I was like, but this this isn't normal. This isn't normal human activity. Like, oh, I don't know what you do. <laughs> um, I do want to unpack a little bit of the Clyde stuff again. I think, Nate, you pretty much covered most of the stuff to know. Um, Andy Reid said that his x-rays came back negative and had some very medical terms of, like, he got crossed up and his legs are sore and he got he did the splits and some things basically to that end. Um, the one thing I think as soon as you see any athlete kind of hobbling off a field like that, you immediately start worrying about all those knee ligaments. And the one thing that I think is probably relatively safe to say at this point, Nate, please correct me if, if you've heard otherwise, but it seems like usually whenever a player has a, a knee tendon injury, ACL, MCL, PCL, whatever, catastrophic yep. knee injury, et cetera, can't put pressure on it. And, and that usually starts coming out. 10 minutes after they're down the tunnel or at least soon after the game you, you get you know Andy Reid might say you know we're worried about his knee or we think it's probably a yeah, knee or you right. know any of those sort of terms usually start coming around somebody tweets it out whatever um he was listed as doubtful with a hip slash leg injury hip is scary because hip can be I mean I don't the hip hip feels like it can affect a lot of other things, obviously. Yes, and you can start to compromise if you or or, or um compromise is not the right word I'm looking for it, but you can you can overcompensate if yeah. if you if you come back. Obviously we know medical science has, you know, uh not pandemic related, but like look, it's like medical science is amazing. But like mm-hmm. Bo Jackson, 
taken away because of a hip injury. Yeah. So, like, things are different now than it was before. But, like, running backs have had hip, hip injuries in the past, and they usually aren't aren't great. And whatever specifics we find out, the people listening to this will probably know more. I mean, they, they will know more than we know right now. By the, yeah, by the time we're done. Yeah. Um, and, and so I don't. I, I have a small amount of optimism, just sort of, be, but based on the things that we haven't heard, um, obviously there's still a lot of bad things that could come out of it, but whenever you see him go down and both of his legs are bending in bad directions, yes. I'm immediately afraid of, like, the Coletio simile injury, like, where it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, both of his knees, like, had bad pops, and uh, this is going to be tough, I don't know, like, that's that's the kind of thing where you're like, oh, man, like, that's going to be... A very long, very difficult road. The the things we haven't heard so far, and again, as of right now, we don't know about the MRI and whatnot. But I, it seems like if it was if it was uh, a knee tendon issue, we would probably have known that by now. Yes, and the Chiefs are going to be cautious about this. We're going to learn more because of the MRI tomorrow. Um, it was a lot of positivity coming out of the locker room in regards to Clyde, and so. As a reference point, this is not similar, but again, mm-hmm. just as a reference point, mm-hmm. there was way more positivity coming out of that Denver Broncos, out of that Denver, that that stadium in Denver, that locker room, the visitors' locker room, I should say, um, back in October of last year, than like even I wanted to admit at the moment because I was like, "But did y'all see his leg, his <laughs> knee pop out? Right. Like, like, like I know, like I don't want to make I don't want to make y'all sound crazy, but like that's crazy, right. and so." There is some level of trust, I guess, fans should have with, like, if they think there's some positivity about Clyde's situation, well, then maybe there's a case that his season isn't over. Um, obviously, we dealt with one situation in the season finale in the regular season last year against yeah. the Chargers, and that was clear as day, where non-contact, knowing exactly, you know, covering sports as long as we have, uh, seeing the injury in the replay, and then seeing Juan's reaction when he kind of sauntered out of the locker room. Even Like, he didn't have to say it. He didn't have to verbalize, but I kind of knew, okay, tomorrow's Andy's going to come out. They're going to double-check it. They're going to reconfirm to us that, yes, it's an ACL and the season is essentially over. Um, so I'm just giving you some examples, but I guess the optimism for Clyde means, hey, you hope it's a couple weeks. Uh, obviously, that complicates things because you're about to make a playoff run. Um, but if it was ACL-related, MCO related, we we would probably know um, by the time we're even taping this on a late Sunday night. Uh, Seth, you have anything of interest on on that anywhere around that? I mean, you can even if you want to go on the field some about like what you know. This is I'm not. This is not uh, leading up to a uh, a bit this time because of the seriousness of the injury. So I'll I'll let you kind of <laughs> go wherever you want. But like how how does the offense change whenever he is or isn't out there, and and what they might do. If it's a short absence versus if it's a long one, anything that kind of interests you in that vein? I think the nature of the position means that the offense won't really change. And, I mean, look, Clyde's a smart guy. If if he were on the podcast, we would talk to him about numbers and stuff, and he'd probably agree that in terms of the nature of the running back position, um, especially with them grabbing Le'Veon Bell, had they not grabbed Bell, we might be having a different conversation because we've seen what Daryl Williams can and can't do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sh- there's such a clear drop off, and Darwin Thompson is in the doghouse a little. Now he's gotten some carries since that last fumble, um, and yeah. honestly, he's so much more explosive than Daryl. 
that mm-hmm. I would think he would probably see the line share of the snaps if Bell weren't in the picture, which Bell clearly is. Mm-hmm. And and if Clyde's out for a while, you'll probably see more of Darwin Thompson, who, again, look, we've seen him a little. Darwin can move. Um, yeah. It's just secure the ball. That's it. Just secure the ball. Um, it shouldn't change much about their offense, in part because, and we talked about this last week, they're not necessarily utilizing Edwards Alaire in a super creative way in terms of the receiver to take advantage of what appear to be his unique skills, right? So because they're not doing that, at least that often, it shouldn't change too much. Um, the numbers are what they are. We've seen it over and over again. It's going to be about, um, let's say these last two weeks. There's been a play in each of the last two weeks where Edwards Alaire got the ball on the left sideline, right? And mm. somehow, in both plays, they were remarkably similar. I don't know how he did it. Like, I thought he was out of bounds. <laughs> I really do. Like, I thought he was out of bounds. Yeah. Like, well, why isn't someone just pushing him out of bounds? Like, what's happening? And he's picking up, and he does it usually once or twice a game. Um, Sometimes more, sometimes, sometimes less. He's had a few games where he hasn't done it. But you usually see one or two of these plays a game where he should gain five and he gains 15, right? Right. That shouldn't be the difference for this offense. Mm -hmm. But in a high... It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. And in a high-leverage game, you know, some of those carries he had against the Saints were pretty important um, in terms of moving the ball. And you'd, you'd think Bell can do about as good a job, but he's noticeably less explosive than Clyde. And so that that's a little bit problematic, but overall, it's those high leverage situations where you know you're hoping that guy can steal you a few extra yards. I think they're going to miss him there, but they've got other guys who can do that. So it shouldn't impact them too much because of the nature of the position. It's just hopefully they won't end up in games where one or two of those plays is the difference. Yeah. I think that, uh, that that checks out. The other thing is um, uh, on Bell, I, we mentioned a little bit that he had some good moments. There were, I think there was, was that one drive basically where he had two or three carries. It was like, well, that's going to be a loss of four. Oh, yeah. He got the first down. Like, yeah. Oh, he gained a couple and of yards. And he's got and, that. And, you know, that's, in, that's just as important. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's one of those things that like, hey, listen, man, I don't I, we've talked about this before. The idea of like, would you spend a first round pick on someone who would always get you one yard every single carry? They get exactly one yard. <laughs> what, you know, what is that? What's the value of that player? Yeah, I I would I would pay a decent amount of money to know that every third and one or fourth and one's going my way. And and Bell had a couple of those plays today that I was I was pleased to see. Yeah, strong. He's strong. His vision's clearly good. He's not as explosive, so he's making the cuts correctly, but you see he's not quite as explosive planting and getting upfield. But he's, I mean, he's gaining positive yards, and he's avoiding negative yards. And with the Chiefs offense, you know, you can deal with second and nine. You don't really want to deal with second and 13. Not that it matters sometimes, but Mm -hmm. you don't want to do it. So, it's a good thing they've got Bell. I think Darwin Thompson can do more than people think. I still like Darwin. I really do. Um, and we're a year away from just a year removed from everyone thinking that he was the next big thing in Kansas City. Like I might have had something to do with that. That's my bad. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's got he's got some juice. And Daryl can do some of the things. It's just they need someone who can who can pop through the line. And and so hopefully we'll see what happens with Clyde. I mean, the biggest thing overall is I mean that looks so bad. And so yeah. I just hope whenever he comes back, whether it's this year, next year, whatever, he's still got that that freaky agility 
because it is freaky and and it's just so special to watch and also that ability like every now and then you know he'd have like you know four 300 pound dudes draped on his back and he just that guy must squat like a thousand pounds because yeah i mean truck he he is such a truck so you know get well clyde and it's gonna be because i'm sure he listens so also, if you want to, if you guys would like to chime in on, or just sort of get to hear about one, an existential crisis I had when I was doing some googling just a second ago, oh boy, I'm I am closer in age to old ass Le'Veon Bell than I am young Buck Clyde edwards helaire That's where I've fallen at this point. Yeah, it happens, man. I'm all, it goes by quickly. I'm always gonna be. I'm always gonna be within a handful of months of Patrick Mahomes, and that I always that'll always have that should that should feel good for what another decade maybe. Because he should, he should yeah. be good for a decade. I feel like I got that. And then eventually he'll be Drew Brees. And then I'm going to have to, I don't know, change some things about my life and lifestyle. I don't know, but <laughs> I'll figure that out when I get there. Um, what else do you guys want to What else do you guys want uh, to to talk about and unpack from this game? We, I think the main things were Chiefs beat the Saints, and their resume right now is incredible, and I don't know who's beating them. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, period. Uh, the offensive line, Clyde's injury. I feel I feel like there's a handful of places kind of beyond that. Maybe we, we can go to the defense if you want. Um, I don't know if the blitzing or the pass rush in general really kind of got home as often as you'd like, but the secondary seemed like it had a pretty nice day, a, a nice day with the exception of that one play we mentioned earlier. Where do you guys want to go? Somebody else take the wheel. I, I want to do two things really quick. Okay. The first is, because this happened in a matter of three minutes. I marked it, like, in real time, not not on the scoreboard. Um, Patrick Mahomes gets sandwiched. Mm. Uh, fellas, is that is that the worst hit he's taken all year? That's the worst hit he's ever taken. The the first one? Or the, the well, strip sack? The one where he fumbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, one yeah, where yeah. he fumbles. Yeah, that one stunk. Yeah. So, it's hit in the back, immediately hit in the chest, ball pops out. Um... CBS shows him on the bench, and for the first time since I've covered this team, I actually see Patrick Mahomes visibly wince, mm-hmm. like, like, ooh. And so the Saints quickly use the takeaway. They get a touchdown. Three minutes later, after being, like, crunched, mm-hmm. he's back on the field. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned this before we started recording, Seth. He comes back on the field. You think, okay, ease him in. Interestingly, they come out in this, like, modernized eye formation anthony sherman's on the field and so the saints are like well we just killed this man <laughs> like they're gonna run the they're gonna run the football here on first down with the fullback on the field mm-hmm. in this modernized eye they go play action he's like patrick rolls to his right and throws an incredible pass to a diving tyreek hill first down 10 like nine plays later they get a field goal, they go up 10, and it's a wrap. And it's just like, Patrick Mahomes took the worst hit of the season, perhaps in his career, as you guys uh, attest, and on the next possession, he doesn't get sacked, and he's excellent. Again, he how many quarterbacks do this? There is a certain advantage that's supposed to come with consistently hitting a quarterback, a person. Yeah, yes. there, there's there's an advantage that's supposed to come there, and and obviously there's there's an advantage in every play, right? And and that does happen to Mahomes and the Chiefs. There's an advantage to hitting him on that particular play. You know, he fumbled, they got the ball back, but that's supposed to be cumulative, right? It's supposed to take a toll 
physically, yes. mentally. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to start checking down way faster. They're supposed to start bailing out of the pocket early, which Mahomes started doing for like one or two snaps and then was like, nope, not doing this today. Nope, not anymore. And it was, I mean, it was crazy um, to see him course correct like that mid-game. I mean, he's a freak. It's supposed to cause them to drop sooner and give up on plays. But, like, I got a play here in the fourth quarter where he's getting hit by two guys, and as he's getting hit, he lofts the ball to Kelsey. Kelsey, yes. That's on the same drive. It's It's on the same drive. drive. And that throw to Hill is just one of those, like, he had to put a lot of mustard on it. He couldn't step into it. He had a guy in his face. And, you know, one thing you said about Clyde, it's good to be young because I think Mm – Mahomes, I mean, he's a young dude. I don't think he's going to be able to take hits like that without, you know, I, I think he's icing up tonight. How's that? Mm-hmm. I oh, mean, clearly, he is, clearly. I mean, he's 25 years old, yeah. but he, he took a, he yeah. took, he took our, our guy, Bobby is on the phone with him. Like, okay, let's maybe take it easy the next couple days and just like, ah, let's maybe not get too nuts. Let's ice up, you know, take, it's always good to take yeah, Steve Smith's ice, advice. Ice yeah. up a little bit. And then, yeah, and then the second thing I was gonna say, Seth, you you asked this question on Twitter. <laughs> I just want you to, to to verbally repeat it here so that I can give you my answer because I'm about to I'm about to take you back to my to my adolescent years, and it's gonna hit people. I hope in the chest the way it hits me every time I say this person's All name. All right, All right. finish this sentence for me. All right, we're gonna play a game. I like it. Finish this sentence. We're gonna for we're me. gonna we're gonna we're gonna play a game, and it's gonna show up in an article on the Chief of the North newsletter. You can get the info at that at Seth's Twitter account. An article that is already like eighty five percent written, and man, you, I got two hundred ninety nine responses to this. People, you are awesome. Yes, playing against Patrick Mahomes must feel like Nate. He's Frieza. He's Frieza. <laughs> Anybody who ever watched Dragon Ball Z, it's the greatest saga, in my opinion. He is Frieza. It's like, but but we beat him. Now here comes another transformation. But I hit him in the front and in the back. And he fumbled. Here comes another transformation. But I popped his knee out of his kneecap. Here comes another transformation. How do we beat this dude? He's Frieza. Now, most people would like me to probably relay... Patrick Mahomes to Goku, but look, we all know Frieza is beatable. Every human being is, but like, it's gonna take an Herculean Goku effort <laughs> to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. Yep, like I love it. That Jack, is such a, like, Ball Z like, but we hit him from both. But we, but we, but we, no, no, no. <laughs> He's got another Dragon body. Ball Z felt like it went on for two years and they still hadn't beat this guy. <laughs> that's, right. that's so good. So that's that's inspired me. The the thing that I that I feel like at, at this point is you know just any video game where you have the boss fight, but it's one that you literally like you, you're supposed to lose, lose so you can come right. back and like beat it later. But Patrick Mahomes is just always the boss. He's like it's like there's there's no there is no strategy. There is no there is no Nintendo Power magazine that can give you the 5,000 IQ strat to beat this boss right now. You have to lose, and you can come back later and try again. Like, it's just, it's it's so good. It's wild. That's such a good question, Seth. Um, yeah, my my answer is that playing Patrick Mahomes must be like, Doing a podcast with you at 4 p.m. when you have a hard out at 4.07 p.m. <laughs> There's no right answer. 
There's, there's no way out. You can, there's no way it's out. It's inevitable. Just, <laughs> and you can do what you can. want for seven minutes, but then it's gonna, eventually it's going to be out again. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then then I'll, I'll 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 drag it out for like five minutes, and then I'll make you feel bad for me being on yeah. for twelve minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. That's exactly. And, Dan, and Danielle is like, hmm, a, a little a little too close to home, guy. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Danielle. <laughs> But Danielle's is playing Patrick Mahomes must be like editing time zones yeah. at yes. midnight. Yes. Editing time zones. Editing time zones when we had the podcast too late one night and two of our co-hosts had a really testy exchange and you're trying to figure out how do I shorten the silence enough to where it doesn't <laughs> sound as bad as it was. <laughs> Oh no! I tore down the fourth wall. Uh, oh man! Th- yes, loyal listener, that silence you heard with Josh and I—that yeah. was like a ten seconds. Okay, it wasn't ten seconds. It was like four seconds. But I'll short- say it was ten seconds, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I really enjoyed that. Thank uh, you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I did see, too, actually. But, so I. So this is what I'm writing about because I just. My title for the article, because this is all I could think about after the game. I've written about how great Mahomes is before. Duh. I've done that a zillion times. So is everyone covering the Chiefs. Um, I've written about how he drags the offense down the field, kicking and screaming when things aren't working out. I- I've written about this. I think, though, this just, like, is the best way to think about it, is that playing against Patrick Mahomes must just be the worst. Mm-hmm. Just the worst. Because... If you don't do everything right, they are going to hang points on you. It'll be like the first quarter against the Bucks, right? Where, like, if you do something stupid, stupid, they, like, they are going stupid. to make you pay. <laughs> you know, they're going to look out the Jets game. It's still funny to me to this day. He's investing in Rolex or whatever it is. Kevin Harlan, <laughs> the GOAT said, which is so great. Uh, I don't know how he thinks on his feet like that, but... I mean, if Mahomes looks over, he goes, well, they sure do have Hill one-on-one. Hey, hey, Rolex. Well, you know what I mean. Just come on. Dude, I'm going to throw it up. You're going to score. But even if you do everything right, everything, you get pressure with four. The Saints defense is built to give Mahomes problems. Um, they, They've got great coverage on the back end. They're super aggressive, maybe a little too aggressive. And they they, they can get pressure. And the Chiefs had a depleted line. This was it. Right? This was yeah. the bad Mahomes game. It was finally going to happen. He had a negative EPA through like a quarter and a half or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then just, it just, he just does stuff. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I was actually sitting there trying to think to myself what it would feel like to be like a Saints fan watching that game. And I know Beards replied to me, Josh, for your guys' sad mm-hmm. fans on Reddit. And like yes. someone had commented, like, I am not liking this Patrick fellow. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the closest thing I can think of, and I was a kid at the time, was, and so Josh, this would have been before your time, because yes, I'm old. We can all get there. Nate, you remember when the Chiefs were pl- would play Marino? Yes. And they could never sack him. Derek Thomas, it seemed like he was going to get him every time. Yep. Every yep. snap, because DT was great, and and Marino would flick his wrist, and the ball would hit some receiver in stride 10 yards down the field, and that release was the fastest. And this is, I mean, look, Mahomes is great. Marino had the fastest release I've ever seen. Like, just boom, the ball's out. That's the closest thing I can compare it to. I can't imagine feeling that rage as an adult. 
Right. It 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 reminds <laughs> me. It reminds me honestly, and this is like going way back, but it reminds me of the the way the nineteen ninety four season ended. Right. It's Joe Montana's last oh. year with the Chiefs. Yep. He's clearly like not the player he used to be. But like Joe Montana, credit to him, he always got up for the playoffs. So it's the wild card game. It's in Joe Robbie Stadium. Yes, that's what they used to call it, kids. And <laughs> they went sh- like touchdown for touchdown. It's like 17-17 at halftime, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but like the Chiefs Stevens are gonna get stopped, right? Like they got Derek Thomas, they got Neil Smith, they they got guys, and it's just like no. <laughs> it's like nope. Marino. No. <laughs> no. Like, you gotta like, keep well, scoring. <laughs> if he's gonna throw the ball every two seconds, we we have no shot. And look. The best thing about Dan Marino is you never remember who his receivers are. Never. <laughs> tell me tell me one receiver who played with Dan Marino. You can't do it. Okay, maybe you could do it, but that's not my point. The point is, is that, like, Dan Marino was really, really good he was until he played man. the Buffalo Bills in the, early, in the early 1990s. And it was so unfortunate because he was in the division. And he never went to another Super Bowl. And that's just the way it works, kids. But, like, it is very fair to say... Dan Marino was when he was right. Whew, you you asking for turnovers because if you don't get turnovers, you you gonna give up thirty. Um, so it's a it's a really interesting comparison because it's it's very true. The Dan Marino don't know any of his receivers thing is such an interest. Like I just pulled up a Sporkle quiz of Dan Marino touchdown receivers, and they're like the 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 only two guys who caught more than twenty five are Mark Clayton and Mark Duper. A couple of Marks, just two Marks just out there running around catching touchdowns from Dan Marino. And then it's O.J. McDuffie, Matt oh, O.J. McDuffie, who didn't love him in the early fantasy years? <laughs> Irving and when Fryer, I mean love, Dan I mean, Johnson. why is he not catching more touchdowns? <laughs> just, that's so interesting. Yep. Because so you're right, like, I just don't, none of those dudes really, like, stick. That- Dan Johnson's not even the most famous Dan Johnson. <laughs> Like that is that is honestly Dan Marino's <laughs> Hall of Fame claim. It's like name me name my receivers. Yeah, then I'm in the Hall of Fame. Okay. If you Google Dan Johnson, it's like, do you mean Dan Johnson, baseball pitcher? Dan Johnson, American drummer? Dan Johnson, Utah State representative? Or Dan Johnson, former member of the Kentucky House of Representatives? None of those. I want the one that caught 15 touchdown passes from Dan Marino. <laughs> wow. And that's I. It will always. It will forever be a shame. And I know we've gone on a weird tangent here, but you know, weird tangent. Yeah. Super. Weird. But it will always always be a shame and and I think any of our listeners who are really above 33 34 will I mean they, they'll they'll know this it's a shame that Marino didn't play in the modern era because he really was unbelievable like some of these these quarterbacks that kind of old school type quarterbacks I don't think they'd be as great in today's game I really don't um Man, I want to cough and say names so badly right now <laughs> that I am like physically restraining myself because I just do it. Uh, no do it. no say it. I am immune <laughs> John Elliott. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, he that did was it. The one. He, he did, did it. That was it. That was Does John Elway have a plan? I'll put down on this. <laughs> I'll put down on this. His only plan was to get Peyton Manning and just draft Von Miller. Does he have a plan? I don't know. I've been saying this ever since I started covering the NFL. Does John Elway have a plan? He does not have a plan. I don't know if he does. Hey, <laughs> hey we got we got Jared Judy. <laughs> they- Man, sure, Judy sure should have been a chief. There's another side note. Could have, should have, would have thing. I anyway. But if, if you would have dunked on John Elway, be our guest. This team should be Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Jerry Judy, and DK Metcalf. <laughs> <laughs> 
hey, you know what? McCool bought himself another week that he shouldn't get hated on. That was an incredible catch. Although DK Did Metcalf came after was great. a couple of it came after a couple at least one. I he saw I saw nothing. Tough. I, <laughs> no, that's okay. no, and, and look, there's no shame in being way in being not nearly as good as DK Metcalf, and he's not right now. I think he'd say that. Maybe he'd say that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That that was one interesting thing. You actually saw the Chiefs get kind of frustrated with each other on the sideline. That's kind of unusual. Um, and I know Hardman was in the middle of that, but it was a pretty brief thing. Um, one of my favorite things are sideline skirmishes because somehow offensive linemen always materialize and separate people. <laughs> It's always offensive linemen. Hey, boy, boy, boys, 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 come on now. Yeah, like, hold up. Plenty hold of up. time left on the yep. clock. Yep, we're not doing this. <laughs> Maybe in a pinch, uh, a backup tight end. Maybe, De- I feel like Deion Yelder could step in. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, yep, in a pinch, in a pinch. Much like what the offensive line was almost in. But uh, but, but, but I digress. I, I, I do want to say... You know, the Falcons, they, they don't have nearly as good a defense except when they're playing the Raiders for some reason. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, maybe the Chiefs shouldn't take them lightly because apparently they're awesome against the AFC West. Um, but I just, I really do need to see the line get a little healthier because I, I got to tell you, as, as, as unbelievable as Mahomes is, you know, since we're kind of just wandering from topic to topic, I well, it's sort of you're sort of wandering topic to topic. I maybe have had a stat open for 17 minutes, oh. waiting to kind of transition to the defense. The, that's let, just I, let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. I just don't want to see Mahomes get beat up like that again. Go. I think that might be something that we should talk about next episode because I think that the I, the fact that that game literally doesn't matter. I would be so happy if Andy Reid just had like a week 16 bye before playing again in week 17. I would be here for that. I don't think he's going to do it, but I don't know. Uh, this is a statistic. From uh, Randy Gisarelli of uh, occasionally of this very website. Yeah. And uh, yeah. A, a respected, wonderful colleague. Drew Brees had thrown for a completion percentage above 50% in blank consecutive games. Have you guys heard this stat yet? No, I have not. Seth, you know the stat? Did you I see don't this think so. Maybe I did. I would, I would like for you guys, I'd like for you guys to, to guess how many consecutive games where Drew Brees has had over fifty percent of a complete as a completion percentage. He's known. He's known for his accuracy. I mean, he's a like man. Um, how many games has he played in his career? I don't know. Uh... Oh my god, that's too many. <laughs> it's less than that. <laughs> yeah, the game. Oh man, right, the game. Nate, Nate hey Seth, the thing. Uh, uh, hey ten. Seth, say seven. Ten. Say seven. Thank you. One hundred and fifteen consecutive games. Holy crap, Seth! You, were, Seth, you were so you were so low. I should have just put a one instead of the two. That's all. Uh, he he had been over fifty percent completion percentage in one hundred and fifteen consecutive games, which is the all time NFL record. He hadn't had a completion rate under fifty percent since twenty thirteen. Good lord, against New England. Nate, Nate just, Nate just thinks there's 30 games in a season. So he's just yeah, like, hey, yeah, hey Danielle, I'm, on that, Danielle, I'm on that NBA schedule. I don't know what I'm doing, yo. Danielle, please just bleep out Nate's answer so people won't be won't be spoiled. You can leave everything in. Just sort of just bleep out his, his the number, whatever number he said, if you would. It was somewhere in the 200s. It was too high. You have my you have my authorization. Uh, also from Ranny, Patrick Mahomes, in case you're wondering, has had a completion percentage above 50% in 50 consecutive games, the eighth longest streak of all time. The reason this streak is only 50 games is that he's only played in 50 games. (laughs) 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 Which is so good. But I wanted to take a second and talk about the Chiefs' defense, and specifically the secondary, and also I have something to admit about LeJarrius Sneed. I know now I'm really driving. we, We were off the road, and now I am, like, on a straightaway. Go! Go, go, go! LeJarrius Sneed has made me feel some things 
that I have not <laughs> felt in this around this football team since Marcus Peters was uninvited from this football team. Wow. Ooh. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not ready yet. Listen, I'm not ready and I don't want to be, you know, pressured or anything. I just I need to take my time. I still have a lot of healing to do. But for whatever reason, his pick today, and I think it might have been because at least on the first watch, I could not tell if that was the guy he was supposed to cover or not, but he had the ball anyway. And that just sort of like, oh, ball's there. Well, I'm, I, can, I can just go get that, right? There's no rule that keeps me from catching. I'm, well, I'm going to catch that. <laughs> I'm going to go I, get that. I love, I love that so much. And and that dude has it. He has that attitude about the football being in the air, and it makes me very happy. And then also I compared him to Marcus Peters, and then he gave up a touchdown like a few drives later, and that feels right also. I'll take your guys' Legereus Sneed thoughts uh, on the air. Man, I mean, he he's he's he is he is so good in coverage that um maybe he should start getting like legitimate treatment. But the problem is I mean, Bashad Breeland almost had an interception today. And Traverius Ward, you don't hear his name because he out here blanking him, mm-hmm. folks. Like, if you're the Saints, again, this kind of goes back to the yeah. rematch. You just hope that, one, Michael Thomas is yes. there. Two, Drew Brees is healthy. Um, maybe that opens it up a little bit more from Alvin Kamara because, let me tell you something, kids. As well as Legereus Sneed played, and he played well, got an interception and got a sack. Ben Neiman tackled Alvin Kamara every time the two men met. It blew That's my mind. actually true. Like they, like they played exceptional defense on Alvin Kamara. The one at the, the one at the end zone because I know there's someone listening right now. It's like no, he didn't stop him getting the end zone. That was much more on Sorensen than Neiman. Yeah, that's a Sorensen. Yeah, issue. like, yeah. like which, Neiman, which is which is you know trick or treat. Yeah, Neiman's <laughs> Neiman's angle was bad there. That was a tough position for him to be mm. in. Maybe he could have made it had he gotten there a little faster. If only there was someone mm. the defense who's faster. Where would they find a faster? But you know what? We shouldn't dog was, Neiman right now because he was a short. He, he was a short tackler. That yep. that is what yeah. he's supposed you to do. Needed that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but for Legereus' sake, um, he's had a couple interceptions that were near that were so close. Today's was perhaps his most impressive because he got the toe tap in. Mm. Um, they're starting to get really good at blitzing these cornerbacks, whether it's him or Traverius Ward. Tyron Matthew could have had an interception today. This was the worst game Drew Brees has played in I don't know how long. But part of that is attributed to the Chiefs defense. And I love when yeah. Tony Romo, you know, has the capabilities. Because, I don't know, they don't give this every color commentator because they're not Tony Romo. They, they they actually show you the all 22 in real time. And they're like, but where are you throwing the ball? Okay, that guy's covered. That guy's covered. That guy's covered. Yep. Where the ball supposed to go? Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, you got people yelling from the couch, get rid of the ball. It's like, where? Where? Right. Do you want him to throw a pick six? Right. I'm going to sneak this in before somebody tweets me. I found the replay of the Steen interception. It was definitely the guy that he was covering. The reason it was confusing <laughs> was because by the time the ball got there, that man was on the ground. And right. so it felt like Sneed was swooping in from nothing because he kind of was. But man, he played that ball so well. You know, a little t- he like he bo- kind of bobbled it, but then then Peace. got it, got his toes dragging it. I just anyway, that's all. I just I'm just happy about the Legarius Sneed experience at this point. You you want to know how to know that I think they've got something here? I have charted one of his games, and that's it. I've chosen not to since then because I've been hurt before, guys. <laughs> I I knew I, he was gonna say this. I, <sighs> I have seen 
Cornerback is a wildly yep. varied position. You can have Jalen Ramsey have down seasons. It happens. You just, it's really hard to be consistently elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Average players can put up borderline elite seasons and then they come crashing down the next year. It can it can fizzle from game to game. Marcus Cooper was playing elite ball until Peyton Manning. I, I have his Wikipedia page open. I think about Marcus Cooper like three times a year. Manning turned that dude's brain inside out, and it took him like a year to recover. Mm-hmm. Then he had like a solid year with the Cardinals, and then he went downhill again with the Bears. It was a whole deal. Um, Philip Gaines played like three or four awesome games before getting hurt, and mm-hmm. I really, I really took a mm-hmm. chunk out of my credibility on that one. But... What are you gonna do? But then I was right about Mahomes, so all's well that ends well. Um, Sneed, I'm gonna wait till after the season. That's how you know that I think he might be legit. I want a large enough sample size to really chart what he's doing when the camera's not on him. Because every time that camera finds him, he is running stride for stride down the field with dudes. Yes, yes, or he's making yes. a solid yeah. tackle. He's playing the ball well in the air. He's got a ton of physical ability. Um yeah. I, and, I will say this. Yeah. I, I I did watch the L twenty two against the Broncos. There were some times where where what's his name? JK Ham I'd have to look this up, but the, the slot receiver Yeah, with the, the slot receiver from the Broncos. There was a couple times where he was where he, he had done some nice things to Sneed, but Sneed's always in the picture. And that's that's like half the battle of cornerback. Yep. So um there's been times where like, you know, Drew Locke just didn't see him. But again, when the ball's in the air, he's more times than not, been been very productive. Yep. I think that's pretty much everything, and that's also a full hour. We've at least covered most of our bases. I think we're gonna get a uh, a pre Christmas episode in uh, again. The the, do- the the Dolphins. They play the Dolphins last week. You dumb <laughs> idiot. Sorry, that was my internal monologue. Getting out again. Uh, the Falcons game really doesn't affect anything in terms unless, of standings. Um, unless um, the Chargers game the may Colts beat the Steelers. You won't know that though because they'll be playing at the same time next week. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Is that going to be the excuse then? I if, feel like that. I feel like we don't need that. Yeah, that we'll, we'll, we will anticipate again. You, you'll have more information perhaps when you learn this. We anticipate the Steelers will beat the Bengals because if they don't, mm-hmm. they are in complete free fall. Yes. Um, so if that occurs, they will, I believe, I, I will double check this. They play the Colts. It's at noon, essentially central time, the same time as uh, when the Chiefs will be hosting the Falcons. If the If the Chiefs win... And the Steelers lose. I think that all but locks it up. Um, again, I am not a mathematician. Someone at the I NFL see. has done this for me, but I so believe saying, that's the case. And, and so that would basically make Week 17 not matter. Yeah, that right? would make Week 17 irrelevant. Yes, right. Because the Steelers will have had three losses. The Chiefs will only have one loss. Mathematically, uh, not 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 possible. If the Chiefs beat the Chargers, the Falcons game will not matter. Correct. In any way, shape, or form. Correct. Um, okay, there we go. So there's that. But we, I, I will see what that what happens there. The issue is you can't really like rest Eric Fisher in your tackles and then play Patrick Mahomes. That feels like a bad idea. So that might be <laughs> something we we discuss a little more. Probably an episode that goes up probably Wednesday. We think we'll, we're gonna try to make uh, we're gonna try to make a little Christmas week episode happen ahead of the Falcons game, and then um, if we don't, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll get there. You'll get something before Christmas. Our little present from you. Unless we don't, in which case, uh, bah humbug. I got the Grinch Sawyer podcast. I don't know. 
you can uh, read Nate's story about this game up on The Athletic right now. By the time you're listening to this podcast, you can check out what Seth has in the Chief of the North newsletter. And you can uh, follow me on Twitch and watch my Among Us streams, which is the next sort of phase of my career, I think. And that does it. The Chiefs beat the Steelers. The, the Steelers. The Saints. It's too late, guys. It's too late. I ran myself Way into a late. wall. It's too late. The Chiefs beat the Saints. Seth, they say did. something, and then Nate, you say your thing. And this <laughs> this failure will be what I sit with for the next several days that I remember that I ended this episode of Time Zars with a big old poop at the end of the podcast. I've got a I've got a good one for you. Just a reminder. I'm the Lamar Jackson of this podcast. They said, <laughs> <laughs> Hurry, get to the locker room. They, they, <laughs> I'm cramping. They they said it they said it during the uh, broadcast, but just to remind people, the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs have the two longest streaks in history of 20-plus games. That is right. The, the, basically, it's all Patrick Mahomes minus one game. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. <sighs> I would just say that the Saints tried to fight the Chiefs, and one of the Saints actually threw a punch. <laughs> <laughs> and the Chiefs still landed the knockout. <laughs>